Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast where we talk about your spiritual relationship with Jesus and the connection to the inner energy. No, I'm sorry. You're at the wrong podcast. This is the Babylon Pastors Podcast. Welcome. Babble, babble, babble. <laughs> hey, so we've been doing these questions, um, actually answers, and some maybe not even answers, more like discussions. Yeah. I mean, who knows? For some people, there'll be answers. For some people, there'll be triggers, whatever. <laughs> um, perspective. So, uh, yeah, one of the, uh, again, we haven't prepared for any of this stuff. In fact, I'm the one that has this subject matter that, someone wrote in about or commented about and i haven't even prepared for this except i preached about it uh, a while back so i guess i kind of been prepared for it but i didn't accidentally like prepared yeah um but i think that this is a subject that is really like a lot of misconceptions um exist and uh a lot there's i'll be interested to hear your take on it because of how we you're grew really up. you're really building this up and i'm just uh, i don't even know the question right i know i know um but i think that this is going to be good for this audience because people have so many viewpoints and it's actually really confusing so one word was written in divorce I'm not prepared for this episode at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like this is going to be a lot of you and a lot of me pointing to other people's resources. (laughs) Hey, that's okay. That's, it's not like any resources that exist today are new. Yeah. Right. Like they're just people who've learned from other people's resources and Mm -hmm. then written their own book, citing those resources. That's true. Yeah. Valid, valid. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you're, you're going to have to go first on it because literally, I mean, I have a lot of opinions, but I'd be very interested to hear your exposition of like kind of rehashing what you preached on it. I think that would be interesting. Well, so I didn't, it wasn't a topical sermon or anything that I preached about divorce. It was the uh, portion of the Sermon on the Mount uh, where he specifically mentions divorce, um, where Jesus says uh, in verse 31 of chapter 5, it was said, whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity or sexual immorality, or depending on your version that you're reading from, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And so we get this like... uh, Uh, Okay, so let's just start here. When we grew up, where we grew up, and this might Mm -hmm. still be true where you're at, right? Um, There was this just major stigma, right? If someone was divorced, it was like, oh, they were divorced, right? And um, it was like a bit of shame and guilt that you wore, I think. And you know, whereas if you um, are a very angry person, 
and you were jailed once for getting in a fight, that passes from you at some point, but you're always going to be divorced. You know what I mean? Like there was mm-hmm. just this, like, I don't know, can you be a member kind of way of thinking? Um, it's not like that anymore. I can tell you that. Um, I do but know you, what you're talking about. Is that, is that kind of what we, well, what yeah, remember, right? Like, so there's a, a, so to give kind of a tangible example to this, um, my wife's mom's sister <laughs> to give you a trail there, um, married a guy that had basically what happened is he had gotten married. The, they had been married a week, this and him and this other lady. And she went off and within the first week, like cheated on him and left him. Now he met my, my mother-in-law's sister. Uh, they got to know each other. They wanted to get married, but because of the time that they lived in and the area that they lived in, they had to, like, they went through so many pastors just trying to find a pastor to marry them because when the pastor had found out that he had been divorced, even though it wasn't, it had nothing to do with him. It wasn't his fault at all. Uh, from my understanding of it, like she just went crazy and ran off on him, um, which I can believe because I know the guy, like, I don't see anything. I, I, it, it wasn't his fault. Um, they went through pastor after pastor until they finally found a pastor that would marry them but only on the grounds that he didn't want them to live in sin. So he would go ahead and do it because that way they would be married and it would be done with and they could, you know, progress on with life. Um, it's not like that anymore. In fact, I was talking to my pastor a couple months ago about it, about, cause I was doing some premarital counseling for a couple we were going to marry. And he was mentioning that that definitely was like, they definitely did not marry divorced individuals. Uh, I'd say as early as 15 years ago because of that, of that passage. Uh, but anymore, you can't find hardly anybody in my area that hasn't been divorced. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, uh, there's, it's just kind of like a, who has it? Like the people that have, who haven't been divorced are in the minority to the people that have been. Um, yeah. So it was a matter of like, they had to change their stance on that solely dictated by the fact that you wouldn't be performing any marriages <laughs> uh basically if it wasn't for that um so it's not that way anymore but it's more of a culturally dictated thing really than it is a stance that it's just a matter of that probably three-fourths of the marriages they perform they wouldn't even perform because almost all of them are remarriages yeah so off the top of your head i'm putting you on the spot oh wow Um, okay off the top of your head what does the bible say about divorce uh my goodness. So I'm trying to think, I'm trying to be, incl- I'm trying to think of all the passages I know about. Obviously the one you just read, we do have some in the old Testament, but that's what Jesus is referencing in the right. sense that, uh, but that's because they were demanding some way to get out of it. Um, I don't think I could be wrong here. Does Paul write anything about it at all? Uh, see, I'm wrong. See, I don't, I don't, I don't recall a passage where he writes. So I'm, that's my ignorance there. So you're going to have to inform us because all I know of is the Old Testament Exodus laws and then what Jesus says. That's actually the point that I wanted to make. Because and honestly, um, before I had to preach about this, I would have really just been where you're at right now. Uh-huh. Right? Like this is something that to me in my sort of Bible Belt upbringing world, the, there was just this massive stigma 
but hey, nobody or their mama could actually tell you mm-hmm. why, where, or what was biblical, what was unbiblical, what does the Bible actually say about divorce? Um, and I'm assuming that the person that wrote this as something they wanted us to discuss has at the very least been affected by it, if not have mm-hmm. gone through one or, um, I know, so like my parents are divorced. Um, they're, they're, I, it would be hard to find someone who at least in some way hasn't been affected by a divorce, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's yours or your parents or your siblings or, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, a good friend even that's gone through um like it's so massive a problem um and the vast majority of people have no idea what scripture says about it um i was a little shook there that i did it so i'm glad that you have done some study on it (laughs) (laughs) i'm really wishing too that i would have watched the uh two and a half hour mike winger presentation before this episode but i didn't (laughs) i actually have watched that um, and he's got, I actually am in, uh, a lot of agreement with him, um, and the things that he comes up with, uh, like, so biblically, right. If we're going to be rules and regs about this, there are three biblical reasons for divorce. One is what you just heard from the mouth of Jesus, right? Adultery, cheating on whatever you want to term it, sexual immorality, um, Two is Paul writes in First Corinthians chapter seven about divorce, um, and the two he gives two other reasons besides that one. Uh, one is if the unbelieving, if it's an unbelieving spouse, and that unbelieving spouse separates or leaves or whatever. Um, and then you the other believe one, me, but I remember that now. So yeah, <laughs> the other one is death, <laughs> right? You so die. That's really divorce. That's just the ending of a, of a marriage union. So, um, my struggle in my argument at the beginning of this was, man, that those are all reasons that make sense. But if we're taking this all very literally and just making bullet point rules to divorce, then I can. Uh, regularly, let's just say daily, um, punch my wife in the face and kick her down the stairs and she cannot get a divorce, right? She Mm -hmm. just has to tough it out until I kill her one day. So like, is, is that the plan? (laughs) Right? Like, Mm -hmm. is that, so I, I think, um, one of the mistakes that we make with, uh, historically with a lot of scriptures but divorce is one of those subjects that is very much like this. Um, I think this is my, like, there are others who would interpret this differently for sure. There's been a lot of, um, you know, dialogue about divorce and a lot of weighty arguments against what I'll say probably, but um, that the, I, we take all of the stuff that scripture says about divorce and treat it in ways that we wouldn't treat other scriptures. So the example is that text in Matthew. So Jesus, the context of that is that Jesus is saying, um, he's, he has just said in verse 20, 
uh, of chapter 5, for I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, to them, that's, that's a major statement because the scribes and Pharisees, if you're new to the whole thing, like they were the elite religious people. They didn't sin as far as they, you know, that their um, definition of righteousness. All the laws you could think of, they kept them, right? And even created more to make sure they wouldn't break those, you know, like it was crazy. So Jesus goes on to give six examples right after that of what he means when he says that you have to be more righteous than the Pharisees to even get into the, to even be a part of the kingdom of heaven. So that's the context for this divorce thing. Um, and so Jesus, in every one of these examples, you've heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. So he, he, every one of these examples, he takes something that they have heard. Um, some of them are direct quotations of laws in the Old Testament. Some of them are crappy interpretations of laws in the Old Testament that they were being taught at the time. Um, and then he gives, uh, he kind of, he gives what he reveals what the actual bar is behind that law. Like what he, um, it's, it's not that you murder someone. Anybody cannot murder someone. It's, it's that what, what is in your heart that is dark um, and wrong and sinful that is causing you to maybe even get to the point of that, right? So that anger for no reason, that selfishness that causes you, whatever it is, right? So that's, that's the point of what he's getting at. That's what he's talking about. And then we'll read that one. And then the next one, don't commit adultery. But if you've looked on a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. And we get what that means. And then the very next one is this divorce text. And all of a sudden, when the whole point is Jesus saying, look, I know these are the laws and the rules. That's not the point. This is the point. That's everything that Jesus is saying. And yet when we come to that divorce text, we go, oh, okay, well, let me uh, just get the bullet points out and, and take these as law. Mm -hmm. When it's actually, this is a me statement. I'm not going to say that anybody says this, but. The way that I see the, the scriptures and the biblical viewpoint of divorce is largely that when scripture talks about divorce, it is really talking about the importance of marriage, right? Like the weightiness of, of marriage and how important marriage is. That's what's going on in this text from Jesus. I don't have a church organ, but if I did, I'd be like, no, 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 preach it, preacher. Because that, that, that text, what was going on at the time, like the Pharisees, and they obeyed the laws of Moses and, and made sure they did divorce the proper red tape way. But they were getting divorced for stupid, selfish, ridiculous reasons. I mean, all the way down to, um, yeah, mama fixed the eggs wrong, right? Like you weren't being served in the way that you wanted. You could divorce your wife, which was like a death sentence at that point. In history so um that's what G that's the context in which jesus was saying what he was saying so he's just making this point that like look this is what this is the law this is what how you've been abiding by but this is the point like like there so there better be a good reason to get a divorce to because what um what else does he say what god has put together let no man separate right mm -hmm. so um uh, like divorce 
in my mind is um, in, in scripture is a lot more about marriage is important. Marriage is from God. Marriage is weighty. Don't just get a divorce over yeah. nothing, right? So yeah. I don't know if, if any well, thought in your mind when I'm talking. Yeah. About. So what that brings up, honestly, it just takes me to the premarital part of it, just because we've we do that a lot more now than we used to. Um, <clears throat> but that's what one of the things we open with is just uh, you know starting with the idea that look, guys this is a much weightier thing than you think it is. This isn't just you coming, you know, this isn't just some legality that you're taking care of. Right. Um, this is you coming together to now our one. Okay. Um, which I really love that point there. I mean, that's a tweetable moment if I've ever heard one, which is what Jesus, you know, what you said about, you know, Jesus isn't necessarily talking about the divorce part of it as much as he is talking about the importance of the marriage part. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think if you see it that way, if you understand that, um, that this isn't just you saying something. This is a much deeper thing, which again, I think on a totally different topic speaks to why promiscuity is an issue because it's not just you sleeping around. Like you, there is a much deeper thing happening there uh, than what you think it is. And um, that's what we talk about when we do premarital counseling. It's like, look guys, this divorce thing, it's not an, I, I word it as it's not an option. Now, obviously there's caveats into that, but I say it that way because I want it to hit really hard. Like this, there's, there's not a door out of this. You guys are coming together as one. There's no easy eject button. There's, I mean, you are tethering yourself to this other person. Uh, now, obviously the eject button, like you said, I mean, some dude smacking his wife around, first of all, it needs to be castrated. So that'll take care of part of the problem. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm with the organ. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at that point, you're dealing with a whole different issue uh, than you are when we're, than you're even talking about with marriage. But um, I think that's a great point in the sense that they're having, I think they were, Jesus was talking to and dealing with issues a lot like we are now, where people just use divorce as that I want to get out of this situation rather than what it should be used for specifically with, you know, Hey, they went off and broke a covenant that we had, which we, I mean, Jesus, uh, God throughout the old Testament continually refers to how we break our covenant with him. Like that's the big of a deal as it is. And that's why, um, I think he references that, but, um, it's not a small thing, basically. That's, that's what came to mind whenever you were talking, especially with the idea that when you come together as married, and that's why if you're marrying a couple of people, I mean, I don't know how anybody else does it if there's a pastors that are listening to this, but when I marry people, I try to tell them, look, like this is a huge deal. I'm not responsible for you after I get done marrying you. Like I've told you everything I can tell you, but like this is a much bigger thing. And I think if people view it that way, we, we wouldn't view divorce as like, honestly, here, let's put it this way. And then I'll throw it back to you. When I'm doing premarital counseling, I'm trying to talk you out of getting married. If you're not actually in it to be together, because I'd much rather you have a fight now and decide you shouldn't be together than have a fight later after we've done the ceremony. And you, now you think you should be together. So we talk about stuff that I want you to fight about. I want you to fight about money. 
how you guys are going to do that, how you're going to raise your kids, you know, religiously and how that thought process is going and how you're going to deal with your money and how you guys fight together and how, what your 10 year, 15 year plan is like all of that, because I want to know, are you actually in it for each other? Right. Uh, are you, do you take seriously the fact that we are joining together because like you said, the, when God joins together, no man pulls it apart, right? It's the idea that, look, there's so much more. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts. Your marriage is a literal picture of how God interacts with the church in the world, guys. So there's at no point is God be like, I'm divorcing you. In fact, and we've been covering this in family devotions, when God makes a covenant with Abram, he specifically does it himself because he knows Abraham's going to screw it up. And he goes, I'm going to do it because I can uphold it. And I don't want this thing to fall apart. So the one person that can't screw this up is going to bring this covenant together so that, you know, it'll, we, it, we won't, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to throw you away. Like this covenant is forever. Um, and that's a picture of like, when we come together as a man and wife, right? You're imaging that to the world. Two screwed up people coming together is imaging how God interacts with his church. So yeah. uh, when we talk about divorce, I think it has to be in light of that, the severity and the, the massiveness of what that is. Uh, also, obviously, in light of what Jesus says here in the sense that, like you said, it's not just simply a, here's the checklist. Uh, and I think what you said was really important. Um, don't just come to somebody and be like, well, I want to get divorced because this, this, and that. Like, you're just checking it off. And Jesus has already said, it's much bigger than that. So, yeah. Yeah. So a, a few things actually come from that in, in my mind. And one is that I think people, um, and from the things you were saying, I'm, I'm assuming that you would agree with this, that it seems like people really, um, people get married on whims for lack of a better way to put it. Like nowadays being married is really not a ton more than, uh, maybe I want to, um, uh, we're religious. I grew up in church and I want to make sure that if we're going to have sex, we're legal. Right. Or, um, I would say there's you know. varying degrees for sure. So, uh, I, I, I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, unfortunately, but, uh, I know people our age and younger in general just aren't getting married at all. Um, but for the people that better are than, getting, <laughs> huh? Which is better than that. The alternative. For yeah. Sure. Um, so, I think the people that are getting married, so I've married a range of different people as far as belief systems go. Um, there are people that get married simply because of their family or their tradition. Just, that's just, I mean, it's just obvious. That's the only reason they're doing it. They wouldn't do it in any other purpose other than their mom or their dad or their grandma is like, oh my goodness. So they do it. It means nothing to them. It literally yeah. means nothing to them. It's actually an inconvenience for them to have a service. Uh, but they're doing it because of a preconceived notion from a family member. There are people, uh, luckily the most recent or the, one of the more recent ones I did, uh, both people love Jesus, want to live out that image to the world. They're doing it for all the right reasons. And then there's people that are like, um, we've lived together long enough now, so we should probably get married. Yeah, probably. Um, like I can, like, it's just this thing where like, okay, we've tested the beta version has been tested for five years. I think I can handle this person for longer. So now we'll do it. 
Um, so I think there's a variety of reasons. In general, though, I would agree with your your statement as far as a whim part of it. Uh, by whim, meaning that like it's a it's sort of like more of a next step than it is an yeah. understanding of what it actually means. Yes. Yeah, and what I mean, all all that I really mean by whim is that people go into this thing not having any clue what the actual purpose for marriage is. Definitely like for yes. Go into this, like this is like you just said, the next step after we've been dating a while, right? Yeah. So this is what the next thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's true, right, then, um, uh, well then certainly uh, why not get a divorce for whatever, because it's really not much different. It's just more of a hassle and more paperwork mm-hmm. than a breakup. Which is why most people ironically don't get married because they go, this probably won't work out anyway. And I'd rather not do all the paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Could you sign a prenup quick? Um, Uh, But so um, one of the, like, I think sometimes people have the question and again, I'm, I'm, it's hard when someone writes in divorce. Yeah. And what they're talking about, because I don't really know what they're after or what um, they're, uh, perception is or what their situation is, or if they're asking, can I get a divorce or this person got one and I hate them for it. I mean, I don't know where they're at. Um, but the question should always, uh, not be what has to happen for me to be legal with a divorce biblically. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if that's your question, you're probably already in a spot you shouldn't be in, um, spiritually or from decisions you've made or whatever. Um, the question really should be what we've already talked about, which is what, what is the purpose of my marriage and how can I best tell the story of the gospel um, with that marriage, right? Like that, the weight of marriage, man, I mean, is, is massive. It's um, when I preached this, I, I said um, from the pulpit, look, uh, before you have a question about when is divorce? Okay. Go read Hosea. I was about to say, don't read Jose, it'll rock your world. Right. Before before we're going to have that conversation, I want you to read Hosea and then come, if you still think you should have this conversation with me, then, then we'll talk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, there's, like anything else, in, in fact, like some of the other conversation we've had uh, regarding the foundation of uh, what the Bible is uh, in the previous podcast. Um, there's like the literalist, which looks and says, okay, there are three reasons for divorce listed in scripture. That's the thing. These are the bullet points. Here's the paper, you know? Um, and then there's that sort of liberal list, which is sort of where the Pharisees were at the time of Jesus. And it was just kind of like, uh, whatever. It's like a breakup. Right. So as long as I sign this little writ of divorce, I can send her away and whatever. It's all good. Um, Yeah. So. Uh, I think one of the dangers, one of the sad things, not dangers, one of the sad things is that in pastoral ministry, and I would wager that probably across the board, um, pastors would agree with this, that most of the time when someone comes in for marriage help or marriage counseling, it is very much you're their last resort and one or both of them have already decided this is over. I'm just coming to get a blessing or 
to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they've already gotten to the point that they're like looking at lawyers and they're like, okay, well we should at least go whatever. Right. Yeah. So, I've never had to deal with it, but I have had that conversation with my pastor specifically. And that's kind of what he's echoed is that the people that come to him, there's always one or the other of them is already done. They're just kind of, and most of the time they're being drugged there by the one that's not done yet. And they're just yeah. kind of like, they're, just kind of capitulating to the idea that fine, this is all be nice to you and do this. Yeah. So, this motion to go through. Yeah. Um, I think there, there's a strong biblical case uh, for only having those few reasons for divorce, but it comes from the understanding that marriage is huge. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, to deal specifically with abuse for just a second. Yeah, I think you have to to talk about this topic for sure. Right, you you do have to because the Bible doesn't specifically say, you know, if he's beating you, you can get a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we use scripture to interpret scripture, right? And in context of all the Bible, context of the gospel, the lenses through which we see, through which we read all of the text of the all of that's important, right? So um, one of the most convincing um, arguments uh, in my research on this topic uh, came first from Winger, from one of those videos that he made. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard it from him and then I've heard it since uh, and read it through others, but is this idea um, that there are other um, Old Testament or even New Testament sort of laws or things that we're supposed to abide by that don't go out the window but are secondary to life, mm-hmm. right? Like in Mago Day, you're made in the image of God. Everybody's an image bearer of God. Everybody has worth. Everybody. So this idea that um, that divorce is only adultery. Um, if he leaves you uh, for an undisclosed period of time or he dies, right? Um, And that's it, period. And that excludes abuse um, is unbiblical. And the way that, um, the reason I think that is because when you think of, um, let's see, uh, the priests, um, Jesus, this is Matthew 12, that Jesus is talking about this kind of thing. And he's specifically dealing with some of the Pharisees and stuff. Um, and Jesus makes the point, the priests, it's about the Sabbath, not divorce. But the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so in the Jewish world, this was much bigger than divorce, um, much more weighty anyway. And so Jesus says the priests um, break the Sabbath and they're not guilty they're guiltless um so obviously it's not completely universal in every way because the priests are actually supposed to break the sabbath Mm -hmm. to be obedient to god um and secondly jesus says which one of you has uh if a sheep or a donkey or pick one right Mm -hmm. who owns an animal and it falls into a pit on the sabbath isn't going to go rescue it and break the law of the sabbath for the sake of sparing a life so, um, 
how much more important and weighty is an image bearer of God than mm -hmm. that sheep or donkey or whatever? So, uh, and that's actually the point that Jesus is making in that text because he's just healed someone on the Sabbath, which is work, mm -hmm. which means they're really mad. Um, and that's just healing. That's not sparing a life or pulling someone out of an abusive situation, but he's making the same point. And so I think you can take that principle of yeah. the importance of human life, the safety of human life, um, and say the same thing applies to like divorce and marriage. Mm -hmm. um, uh, certainly, I can't imagine Jesus <laughs> sitting in an office with um, uh, a, a woman crying out for help, saying, well, you signed up for it, so... Mm -hmm just put some good makeup on to cover up the bruises. Uh, I mean, no, uh, that's crazy to say that. So. I don't know how long ago it was I heard. I know um, somebody had sent me a clip because they had, I don't know, it was, I know it was from Piper. It was a long time back. Uh, the clip was a long time back. Um, He's very about this topic. Yeah, and he talked, well, and he talked about it and he said, look, he said, if a lady comes to me, and I, I'm paraphrasing, I'm trying to remember as best I can, um, but he said, if a lady comes to me and she says she's, you know, in an abusive relationship, uh, he goes, I'm not going to tell her to leave her husband. But what we are going to do is we are going to make sure she has a safe place to stay. We're going to make sure she has food. We're going to make sure that, um, legally, uh, the police get involved to the degree that they need to get involved in. And he says, we're going to come alongside of her and be the church to her in that situation. In the sense that he says, I'm not encouraging her to get a divorce. I'm actually trying to see if there's a way to savage that relationship sure. in the way that the gospel can be preached to where that man can be saved, that we can do our duty to protect her as we should, and also get you know the civil authorities involved as we need to uh, in order to, to stop that situation. Um, now, again, admittedly, and I think he admits in that clip that there's so many moving parts in that. Yeah. That, there's no perfect way to do that because one, that assumes that she feels safe enough to tell you. That assumes that, I mean, who knows what will happen after the cops get involved now because next time the husband might, you know, not, you know, maybe he'll beat her worse. Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of moving parts, for example. But I do remember that was a, it was a interesting clip to hear because he was saying, look, we're not going to push for divorce in this but we are going to acknowledge the fact that there's sin here that needs to be dealt with. Um, and, you know, I mean, again, that just deals with the situation. Uh, and that doesn't, cause I think the person that sent it to me was like, look, Piper said that, you know, somebody can beat his wife and he's not going to tell her to divorce him, which in <laughs> fact, when I listened to the clip, it was much more, no, we're not going to let it happen. And if it continues to happen, yeah, we are going to push for that because obviously there's no change in the situation. There's no reason for her to be in a situation or anyone to be in a situation in which that's continual abuse is happening. But the yeah. first, the first go-to isn't, well, we just, you just leave them then. The first go-to yeah. is to re a restorative relationship in a, in a, in a, a path that keeps sinners accountable and protects the victim. So, um, that was an interesting clip because honestly, I'm dealing from an outsider's perspective. I mean, I know people whose parents have had a divorce, but nobody in my immediate family has. So it is a really weird situation for me, uh, to kind of speak into because, um, it's only familiar in that manner. So it's all outside stuff that I'm dealing with. 
Yeah. And um, I think the, what you were just talking about with Piper, that, that applies even to the things in scripture that, that if you're going to read it literally, that make it explicitly okay to get a divorce. Mm -hmm. Adultery, right? If, if someone comes in here, I'm actually meeting, Donna and I are meeting with a couple later that all I know at this point, it'll be the first time we meet them. All I know at this point is that somebody made a big mistake and they need help. Right. I mean, I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. I can have assumptions about what that means, but I don't know. Um, so, uh, but if someone comes to me and says he cheated on me or she cheated on me, I'm not going to automatically say, okay, well, Jesus said, yes, yeah, says you're good. Yeah. You know, let's find you a lawyer, right? Let's, let's, let's call the, the local attorney. No, that's, mm -hmm. that's not the first step, right? Like the point is if there's, any hope mm -hmm. that you can salvage the marriage that no man is supposed to be able to separate. If, if there's any hope that you can salvage that, that you can figure it out, even if it takes years mm -hmm. to work through things, then that's the path you're supposed to take. Mm -hmm. um, even, even when scripture in black and white says, then it's okay. Right. It's not, advocating for divorce there right yeah it's it's simply again talking about the the weight of marriage and if there's any way that mm -hmm. um you can salvage a relationship and a marriage that's the path you're supposed to take well and on that point i think what comes to my mind on that point is the fact that that's so much more gospel centered story-wise yeah. Uh, long term, as far as the actual long suffering, the actual admission of sin, the actual coming back together, the actual covenant keeping. Like if you're looking at the overarching story of the Bible, that's what that is. I mean, it's the living out of the gospel of acknowledging sin, but also acknowledging that there's supposed to be a reconciliation in that. Um, which again, I know we've talked about this a couple of times on different episodes of the podcast, but like that puts the weight on marriage that should be put on it. That this yeah. isn't just a thing that you do because you, you know, get special tax exemptness because you're married. And I mean, it's not like, look, those are icings on the cake, right? <laughs> but I mean, I get extra money for my kids because I'm married, but it doesn't, that's not why you do it. I mean, it's, it's a lot weightier than that. So. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. What resources. I, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I didn't know what resources you had. Um, because obviously, I mean, you had to preach on it. All I have is the winger, <laughs> the winger video. I haven't even watched that I can suggest people to because I know he's solid, but I didn't know what else you had. Yeah, you know, I think there there were a couple of uh, major resources that I used, and honestly, one of them was winger because his video he has done so much extensive research. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to make that particular couple of videos actually. Yeah, made on it. Um, one was after the fact answering some of the rebuttal, but, um, yeah, he got a lot of pushback on that. Yeah. Uh, but one of, uh, so that, that was one of the resources because he actually lists a lot of resources, uh, um, that you gotcha. can, um, mm -hmm. um, work through, uh, yourself that he's worked through to create the video. And then another one, um, Wayne Grudem did a paper, um, and you can get it, I forget the website, um, but if it's 
something that you want, I can send you the link and you can do that. We'll include it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but Grudem actually used to have uh, a viewpoint that didn't include abuse. Um, just based on biblical and the theology mm -hmm. and what the language means in scripture. So, but then he wrote a paper um, later, a year or two later, um, about his changing of mind when it comes to that. And I thought that was really insightful because he isn't talking about it from a logical, uh, contextual point of view from all of scripture. Like I was just talking about it. Mm -hmm. He actually digs into the language itself. And so it's a little bit, it's a little more deep than yeah. what we were just talking about. So I'll, I'll send you that link so that you can throw it yeah, out. We'll there. include it in the description and stuff. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Any last words oh, so other than that? Bible's not a bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you should start there. Yes. <laughs> Everything <laughs> else is uh, supplementary, but yeah. yeah. So the, the takeaway for this whole thing for me, I don't know again where this guy or gal is coming from with divorce. I don't even remember who, who it was, but uh, um, don't get married for childish or selfish or stupid reasons. Like understand how weighty it is um, if you're not married yet. If you are, and this is a question like, can I uh, get a divorce? Then seriously, again, know the ramifications of that. And mm -hmm. if there is even a twinkle of, an, of, a, of a chance that this thing can work out, if one or both of you begin to actually, you know, um, think biblically and, and with a gospel, looking through gospel lenses, then, then don't get a divorce. Like it's not okay just to get a divorce. Mm -hmm. Divorce is always, always, always the exception and the, the, extreme last resort not not last resort and that well i've tried for two years and he looks at porn right like that's if there's any way right like i think that's the thing that we need to say with an exclamation point if there's any way that this can be salvaged it must be all right Today, that was the interview with Pastor Rob on divorce. <laughs> I was just here learning with all of you. Uh, so good. No, I, that was really good. And that's a topic that does come up a lot. So the nice thing to know about this video is that hopefully, prayerfully, it'll be used as a resource for, because this question comes in all the time. Yeah. So hopefully that will be helpful. So, all right, guys, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. later.